Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central. Simpler communications. Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am L.J. LaFura. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam, and we are a Belly Up Sports podcast. We are what they aren't. Brandon, how you doing? LJ, doing good. Just watched the Yankees pick up a very nice win in the trop against the Rays. They made some trades last night and today. Uh, there's a lot of trades that got made today. Really, this has one of been one of the more fun trade deadlines that I can remember. I don't know. I, I feel like it's never been this active with this many high caliber players potentially on the move and already on the move. Well, you talk about the high caliber players, but there have been a lot of other smaller moves as well that are kind of required for that because so many teams are afraid of the dreaded luxury tax line nowadays. So yeah, overall, there's just been, there's been a lot of motion. This year could easily be the tipping point for how the league trends for the next five to seven years based on what happens in this, this one week, which is pretty crazy to think about. But why don't we go ahead and get into this first story we have here, which is a record breaker, kind of a shocker, but I mean, I guess the best way to go with it is go into it. The Tigers beat the Twins today, seventeen to fourteen, in a sixteen and sixteen game. Yeah, football. Yep, this was a football match between the Tigers and the Twins, um, Lions and Vikings. Anyway, the Tigers 
move up to 49 and 55 on the year. The Twins dropped at 43 and 60 as the Tigers continue their hot play over the past two months. However, the main story here, the record breaker, the Twins in this loss hit seven home runs. Two from Miguel Sano, two from Jeffers, one from Kepler, one from Rooker, and one from Polanco to get out to these 14 points. This, this is the biggest disadvantage of home runs a team has ever come back from to win. No team has ever been had seven more home runs hit on them than the other team. And one, no team has hit 17 home, more home runs than the other team and lost before. So this is one for the record books. This is embarrassing for Hap Foot and Mouth. It's the second most embarrassing thing that's happened to him in his career. Brandon, what are your thoughts? What I think is amazing is that the Tigers went up 10 to nothing and then proceeded to give up seven home runs. That's, that's amazing to me. It's honestly, though, it's like, yeah, they just completely kind of mailed it in in the back end of this game. I mean, you look at the um, spread here. Willie Peralta, not a hey, – yeah, it's a bad start. Never mind. I'm not going to try to jump. Well, he was fine until the fourth <laughs> inning. Yeah, he was, he, he was fine for a hot second. Ends up three to third, six earned runs, two homers. And then all of a sudden they're cruising for another inning, maybe two, 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 two and a half innings. All of a sudden – Farmer comes in, gets two off him. Jimenez comes in, two more off him. Gregory Soto comes in at the end of this game and gets another two hit off of him. So they they just absolutely lit up this bullpen more than they even lit up the starter, which isn't what you normally see when it looks like it should be a route. Like, I mean, in any other situation, when a team is to hit seven home runs in general – regardless of the amount the other team hits, they're probably going to win the game. Yeah, can we talk about how the Tigers score 17 runs and... Don't hit a home run? Yeah, no home runs. Just a bunch of doubles and a triple. And a keel double, no less. Those count count twice as much. Very, very fast player indeed. Four-hour game uh, for... Yeah, a four-hour, nine-inning game. Don't see that very often. No. It, yeah, this is certainly one of the ages. I was shocked when I saw the score and the story come across my board. Um, also, shout-out, because we're not going to get a t- chance to talk about it, my man, Jaron Duran, the Jackson Storm of Major League Baseball with his first inside-the-park home run today. And Bryce Harper had one uh, last night as well. Uh, So, very cool. All right. Our next one is something a little more trade deadline oriented as we move further and further toward that date and into that talk during this episode. And that is going to come from the Reds-Cubs game that is currently ongoing, I believe. Yes, they're in the top of the ninth right now. And yeah. It is 5 nothing Cincinnati, but the story here is during a double switch in the eighth inning, Chris Bryant, of all people, 
ends up checking in to play shortstop, moving in from left field to shortstop. Brandon, this makes it his sixth position played this season, right in time for the deadline. Made did make a put out in that inning. I have not seen he hasn't gotten a chance to do anything else in the top of the ninth, but this just adds to his versatility. This is just more. Oh, look, look what he can do. Further yeah. adding to the market. You know, I think a David Ross kind of kind of helped out uh, the Cubs there a little bit. You know, I'm not sure. No, you know, I'm joking. I, I don't think that teams are going to look at it and be like, oh, yeah, we certainly are planning to play him at shortstop. Uh, but, you know, it's an option at least. And uh, interested to see where he goes here because the talks on him were very, very prominent yesterday. And with all the news that happened today, they kind of died down. I haven't heard anything about him today. I heard that the Giants are um, – they don't want to part ways with uh, Joey Bart, their top top catching prospect. But other than that, um, yeah. LJ, have you heard anything about Chris Bryant today? I haven't, but, you know, you don't need to. Like, I'm more concerned that we didn't hear anything about Max Scherzer than I am Chris Bryant because the Max Scherzer deal is going to have a lot more moving pieces, a lot more issues. You have his no-trade clause. You have his physical, which a lot of teams are going to take very seriously due to his age and the amount of money they're, they're going to have to pay for him. So that is going to be something that, if it's going to happen at all, it has to happen tomorrow. It ha- or, I mean, today for this podcast. It has to happen on Thursday or else it cannot be done. Aside from that, I don't see how the Bryant deal could really be affected by not having any talk today. We already know what teams are in on him. They're going to they're gonna move him to somebody from the sounds of it with how many teams are interested. I highly doubt that they've all dropped off the face of the earth. He will get moved. Just give them time. Let them go, to maybe even up to the deadline. Might be deadline day. But it seems pretty clear to me that Bryant will be moved. I think the more interesting wrinkle here, if you're catching this as I also am, Javi Baez is still on the bench. Hmm. So they they purpose they either purposely put Bryant at shortstop so they could up his value as being the probably the, easily the best hitting super utility guy or utility guy out there. But they could have also done this because they really can't put Javier Baez into this game. Could a Javi Baez move be coming soon? Potentially, uh, you know, if the Cubs really just want to see the thing is just because all those guys on the Cubs are going to be free agents, that doesn't mean you have to trade away all of them. You know what I mean? Like, are, are they really not planning on resigning any of those guys? They're, they're going to they're gonna leave them with Ryan to parrot. Watch. <laughs> but, but like, what's. You know, we've heard Anthony Rizzo trade rumors. We've heard Javi Baez, Chris Bryant, Craig Kimball, Ryan Tapera, Andrew Chafin. All these guys are free agents after this year. So you're not planning on resigning any of them. What exactly is their plan? Like, you're going to get a ton of prospects. What is your plan for, for 2022? Is there a plan? I don't think there's – there wasn't a plan for 2021. So no, 2021 was shed – shed as much payroll as we can in the offseason and then well, just kind of payroll they would have just moved 
they would have moved somebody sooner. But um, well, that's why they moved you, Darvish. <laughs> you know, it's funny because I took that stance the entire way, all the whole way here. I figured they're going to move all but one, and that's going to be their franchise player. Realistically, it rightfully should be either Bryant or Rizzo. If they're if they were smart, they would choose it to be Bryant. However, Brandon, I've got to be honest. Trade deadline frenzy's kicking in. I need all of these players moved by tomorrow, purely for my own amusement, my own enjoyment. I'm getting way too into this. Just, yeah, I mean, I, I, I didn't, you wouldn't have thought that I would be able to flip on this, but it's just so appealing. Yeah, uh, absolutely. The Cubs have been one of the more interesting teams to follow along with this year, but Next up, uh, we have quite possibly the trade of the day, trade of the night at least. Oh, yes. Uh, and it looks like it has been very close to being finalized. The Yankees uh, will be acquiring Joey Gallo from the Texas Rangers along with left-handed reliever John King. And they will be sending back a group of prospects, including Trevor Hauber, Glenn Otto, Ezekiel Duran, Everson Pereira, Randy Vasquez, and Josh Smith. Uh, None of those guys are top Yankee prospects. The Rangers went with the uh, quantity over quality approach, which I certainly think is a good idea. Uh, the Yankees depth this year in their farm system has been very, very good. And it makes sense why they would want to trade away a, a package of guys uh, to be able to get a guy like Joey Gallo. And look, it puts a left-handed bat in the Yankees lineup, a left-handed bat who's hit the most home runs out of any left-handed hitter since 2017. You give him the short porch and right. You stack Stanton, Gallo, Judge, two, three, four in the lineup. You put Gary Sanchez fifth, Gio Rochella sixth. I mean, this this lineup could really come together here in the second half. And if they're really going to make a run at this, I mean, right now is the perfect time to get hot. You already took uh, this game here in Tampa and – Look, why not get hot right now? The Yankees are, are actually one of the hotter teams in the league over the last, like, 25 games, believe it or not. So, I mean, I'm, I'm absolutely thrilled with this deal. Uh, very excited to see what the games look like with the Joey Gallo at-bats. You know, he walks a lot. He's, he's the true – he's the absolute best three true outcomes guy in the league lj would you say that that's fair to say he either walks strikes out or hits a homer uh, a lot of the time absolutely i think looking back in hindsight a year from now as we break down these trades from this year i think we're going to decide that this trade was probably the most fair out of any trade we're going to end up seeing this deadline because the bulk option for Joey Gallo makes so much sense because there's really, 
I don't see how you can get bad optics from a Joey Gallo trade. Do not get me wrong. He's an all-star. I'm going to get into why this is so great for the Yankees in just a second. But Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. He isn't Mike Trout. He's not Mookie Betts. He's not, you name, Megastar here that they're trading away you don't need to get a top 25 prospect in exchange for him because the true the very nature of the true three outcomes guy isn't going to be somebody who can necessarily take over the game in any situation that they have to so overall i don't think you can be necessarily hurt if the majority of these prospects don't end up panning out but i do think it is a good sign that from every report I have seen, a lot of talent evaluators absolutely love the haul that Texas was able to get of these prospects. A lot of guys with a lot of upside in this group that not necessarily being taken for granted, but were certainly flying under the radar. If you can get a bunch of those guys, something's got to, something's bound to pan out to be something of quality with that. As for the Yankees, this is really the only deal that I could be in support of them making of major, major deals because you have a year and a half of control on him. A guy who is absolutely undoubtedly an all-star caliber hitter with a good arm for the outfield. Very, very good. Very, very underrated in the outfield. Yeah. So he is going to be certainly be a plus help to this team. You don't have to pay him right away like you would have with a Trevor Story if you'd gone out and gotten him instead. And he slots into every single need this team could really fit. Lefty bat, you've got it. Right now, Brandon, correct me if I'm being completely insane, he's going straight to first base when he gets there. No, no, no. He's going straight to center field. Straight to center field. Center. Yes, that's that's the spot where he's played the most amount of games in 2019. You're really going to put him in over over Boyd, Boyd's coming back in in this weekend. Oh, he's coming back this weekend. So why center? He's because uh Judge and right Stanton's going to be in left this weekend. And no, then, no, but like past this weekend, okay. Oh, because you don't have a there's not a center fielder on the roster. Are they moving Greg Allen back down? I mean, he, he'll, he'll be the fourth outfielder. All right, I think we've got our lines crossed here. Because let's take this Miami series out of our heads. Stanton will be the DH again, correct? No, once he starts in the field, they said he's going to play unless we're playing on the turf. So who's going to play – who's going to DH? Just whoever the best bat is, Odor, like there, it, it opens up boy, It opens up so many options with That's with it. Gallo being able to play first. I mean, he hasn't played a single game at first base this year. So, again, well, that was just my thoughts. I didn't realize that Luke Voigt was coming back. 
He basically but, is just a right fielder that, that could play. Like he'll probably be mostly in a corner outfield spot, but until we get it figured out in the outfield, it's gonna be uh him and him in uh left and then because you assume Brett Gardner is not going to be starting at all now because there's no. no 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 reason to have a lefty outfielder when you have Joey Gallo now. So yeah, either either way though, again, if I was managing this team after this weekend, you've all of a sudden built from nothing a halfway decent outfield. If you were to tell me that the Yankees outfield if you, if you were to tell me Stanton was never going out into the field and that you could have Gallo in left, Allen in center, Judge in right, I would be peachy keen if I was the Yankees fan, if I was in support of this team's success. I would be totally happy with Greg Allen, Joey Gallo, and Aaron Judge being out there, but Either way you look at it, I mean that's a great that's a great lineup opportunity. Allen off the bench is a great out lineup opportunity because his skill set is dangerous just about anywhere you'd decide to put him into the game. So overall, this just this move being able to get a bat like his. We talk about good hitters that can play a lot of places. He he's certainly up there on that list, and it makes this. A, Keen look really good now that guys are coming back from COVID. Yeah, uh, look, the Yankees have have struggled with sort of their sequencing luck this year. They have certainly got a lot of base runners on, and they walk a lot, and they hit a lot of home runs, and they get on base more than most teams in the league. They just can't sequence them correctly to be able to score runs. Hopefully a guy like Joey Gallo comes in and is able to help out with that by – just providing another really high on base percentage guy and uh, should be really fun uh, as he's going to provide immense value immediately to the lineup and certainly in the outfield. But I think he's sitting at a like four war. right now, So that's, this is probably the biggest move the Yankees have made in season uh, since probably trading for Zach Britton and, and Andrew McCutcheon in 2018. Probably. Mm. Yeah. I forgot that was a trade for McCutcheon. Um, oh, wait, one second. Accidentally muted you. How do I unmute you? I muted LJ. There we go. We went so long without you doing no, that. No, it's just I misclicked. I just misclicked on your on your I was trying to click on a different tab. I'm not even sure how you do it. Also, can I make the argument before we move on to the next big trade of the day that putting Joey Gallo anywhere other than right is in itself, although center, center actually, the more I look at his numbers, center would be a uh, good fit for him. But just with, with the arm he has, it seems almost unfathomable for him to be anywhere other than right. Like you look at, you look at his top speed from the outfield, you look at his outfield assists, and you immediately should put in your head, you put him in right. That's just the type of guy he is from an eye test standpoint. But so that's Judge is really good in the field too. No, no, I, I agree. 
I'm not saying I should, that Judge doesn't deserve that spot. He is good in the field. He's got a good, just almost as good an arm as Gallo. But the thing is, if you move Judge to left, or even certainly center, if you move Judge to left, there's a lot more action over there, and there's a lot more chance of injury. So right field is 100% the best spot to put him. I mean, that's why you see all of the best players playing as right fielders. But it's just it's just so wild to me to not think of Joey Gallo as a right fielder. I'm not sure. I'm not sure why. But again, center, I didn't realize he's in the 91st percentile in outfield jump, 95th percentile in outs above average. So I don't see any reason he couldn't play center. He is absolutely incredible. Also, uh, prior to moving on to our next segment, uh, one thing about the Reds-Cubs game I wanted to mention Joey Gallo homered tonight, and LJ, his fifth game in a row with a home run. Do we have a name for that? You mean Joey Votto? Joey Votto. Um, well, the fourth is the PED test. Third is Bingo Bango Yahtzee. We don't have a f- fifth name yet. The Bingo Bango Yahtzee Supreme Extravaganza. That would we'll workshop it. Yeah, no, well, because I mean if he if he if hits a supreme is a single tomorrow, game. If he hits a sixth tomorrow, then it's a double bingo bango yahtzee. <laughs> okay, I like that. It's like a double hat trick, just a double bingo bango yahtzee. Beautiful. Anyway, we have more traits today, including center fielder Starling Marte going to the Oakland Athletics in exchange for Jesus Lazardo. Brandon, what you thinking? Initial reactions. Well, the, the this is going to sound kind of crazy, but the Miami Marlins got more in return than for Starling Marte than the Arizona Diamondbacks did, and the Miami Marlins – traded him with a year and a half left on his contract and the Diamondbacks traded him with a half year left on his contract or excuse me the other way around the Marlins only have him for the rest of this year and the Diamondbacks had him for a year and a half so yeah I mean it's a pretty good trade I think for Miami and look this is also a big move for the athletics they add another outfielder which now the, we got to start considering their outfield as one of the best in the league. I mean, to, to some extent, you have, I mean, defensively now you have uh, Two of the Loriano and Starling Marte. Like, are you going to really have Loriano in right field? Talk about a good outfielder who would be moved to right field, mm. a guy with a cannon. I mean, Loriano is in one of the best center fielders in the league. You had Starling Marte in there, who's been crushing the ball lately, into a lineup that has Mark Canna, who's been really good this year, Matt Olson, who, you know, you, you talk about MVP ballot guys. LJ, he could be top five in, in, in my AL MVP ballot right now. He's been that good. And just a lot of other good names in this lineup Matt Chapman he hasn't been hitting nearly to the potential that we're used to seeing him I love Oakland going out and making this move it absolutely makes sense for them and uh 
They have to give up Jesus Lazardo. You know, LJ, that was a guy who certainly had a high potential and is still very young. Uh, do you think that they gave up maybe a bit too much? Because this is a straight-up one-for-one trade here. Um, no, and here's why. I think this team – look, this farm system is not very good. It's, it's just not going to cut it for a lot, of, a lot of time. It's not going to cut it forever either. So this team is kind of, we've been saying it for years, but kind of put up an, or shut up time. Like you kind of have to do something more than get to the wild card game and lose, which they, 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 I know they love to do, but you need to find something else but that at this point, because you can only keep, trotting out so much for so long i mean granted they've been great at finding ways to make this roster work and being so competitive for so long but i just don't see how you can continue to do that with this group without really having a significant prospect that's going to be up in the next three years so at this point the way i'm looking at it is they need to start seeing this is the time for us to try to compete. If Jesus Lazardo isn't good enough to cut it in this pitching staff, which is only all right at best right now, then it's probably for the best that he's not there because this team needs to move into win now mode. The other reason I'm fine with them doing this is to be honest, I kind of have another move pegged for them. Look, who he's replacing in the outfield. Starling Marte is currently replacing Seth Brown, who is currently batting 199, 277 on base, 435 slugging on the season. He was batting usually in the eighth spot in their lineup, uh, seven, eight, nine, somewhere around there. The only player worse on their team is Elvis Andrews, who has been an absolute disappointment since they brought him in this off season. So I have to honestly think that they look, went into this deadline season and said, okay, we need to go and get another pitcher, another reliever, which they did. They got that successfully. And we need to shore up the last two spots that are black holes in this offense in the third outfielder and shortstop. And with the way that this farm system is right now, I cannot see them being able to pull off two moves. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner with just their farm system alone because they're going to have to do some form of bulk type move if they're going to be able to get Trevor Story out of Colorado in the coming days. So they could didn't they didn't have the luxury of putting many prospects into the conversation because they just don't have the prospects to give and be able to fill out this team to compete. Well, 
let's talk about the flip side of this, which is Miami getting Jesus Lazardo. Their pitching staff in a few years could be absolutely incredible. I mean, you talk about it right now. Here's their, their starting pitcher ranks this year. They're seventh in ERA, ninth in hits per nine, fifth in home runs per nine, tenth in whips. So this is a last place team that is still pitched very well. I mean, you got guys like Sandy Alcantara, uh, guys like, uh, what's his name, Trevor Rogers, and then a guy like Sixto Sanchez, who is a top 45 prospect, Edward Cabrera, Max Mayer, who's their top prospect. These are all guys who could come back and be really good. Two other guys who I didn't even mention, Pablo Pablo Lopez. Lopez on the IL, and then Sandy Alcantara, who's been great this year. How come I'm not seeing his name on the roster here? Uh, he is. Oh, there he is, Sandy Alcantara, yeah. Um, you know, Pablo Lopez, these guys are all really good pitchers. Trevor Rogers could potentially win NL Rookie of the Year, and you still have three really, really good pitching prospects that have yet to come up. And you just traded for a 24-year-old pitcher in Jesus Lazardo, who has shown that he can have really nasty stuff at times. So in all honesty, this is, I mean, this trade could, this could be one of the more fair trades should this work out for Oakland in some way. Um, one more player I'd like to talk about in this Miami team a little bit of fantasy advice if you're into best ball is probably the only place that I could recommend this out of a draft. If you're in the last round of a best ball league and are like desperate for some form of ups, high upside guy, could I bring forth Cody Poteet's name? Look, I know the numbers aren't great this year. However, you need to look through his entire minor league statistical run for this to make sense. And it's been a pretty common trend since he reached high A, that his second season in a league, there's a huge learning curve. Like, he is usually has a very rocky start in just about every single league. High A, struggle to start double A, struggle to start triple A, and then all of a sudden comes back and looks very, very good. This is already a guy who was three, three, four tool guy coming into the league. I have to say he could even make a huge jump next year and help out this team even more. Can I just ask you why you're looking at Cody Poteet's minor league stats? Just, 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 just asking. Because sometimes you just, you just get really bored. Usually when I, when I go on a baseball reference, (laughs) I'm looking at the major league stats and then like, like maybe one out of a hundred pages I click on, I'll, I'll look at their minor league stats. You can't, t- you can't tell me I'm wrong. I mean, it's no, consistent across wrong. the whole way. You're not, you're not. Trust what me, do we got next? Oh, uh, yeah. Actually, why don't we just go ahead and take the, uh, take a break. No, take twins. Twins lose slugfest out of the title. Cody Poteet bounce back season. I'm there we go. Shot right now. 
Beautiful. 2022, you heard it here first. Cody Poteet, LJ will be throwing money on him to win the Rookie of the Year. Yes, sir. Well, I, be- I do believe we are going to take a short break here, and then we'll be back to cover a few more uh, trades. All right, we are back from break, ready to discuss more trades throughout the league this week, including another deal to bolster this Astros bullpen as they bring on closer Yimmy Garcia. Although, I mean, can you call him a closer? Maybe blown saver Yimmy Garcia is a better terminology for what he's done this season. He's been taking a lot of the ninth inning reps for Miami. They didn't have much better options but they get a decent haul in return for him. Brandon, initial thoughts? What, you just slandered Yimmy Garcia here. I mean... Come on. You have to admit... No, he has not been good. I mean, you look at his at his baseball savant page. Um, expected ERA, the 28th percentile. Hard hit percentage, the 33rd percentile. But, you know, he does have a four-pitch mix. He's got a high spin rate on all of his pitches. And uh, actually has a solid ERA at 3.47. I know that reliever ERA, certainly not the greatest stat. But look, I guess this is fine. I mean, it's, it's, he, he's a better option than what the Astros had with their last man in the bullpen right now, which was probably uh, Rafael Montero. I know they just traded for him. Maybe uh, Brooks Raley or... Blake Taylor, one of those guys, like you figure he's going to be out now, but like good for a Yimmy Garcia. I mean, doesn't look like the Astros really had to give up a lot for him. They trade outfield prospect Brian De La Cruz, and they also trade Austin Pruitt, who had pitched uh, in two games in the majors for them for Houston this year. Uh yeah, this is kind of just a low-risk deal, honestly, for both teams. I don't really see uh, this trade really swinging much uh, either way. No, and either way, I mean, yeah, it's it's a, it's a good deal for both sides. I think, again, Austin Pruitt numbers, I think if he gets more sample size in another year on a team that kind of needs guys to – step up he could find a role with this group I mean you're looking at a guy with a four four eight seven ERA with Tampa over three seasons in which he kind of changed roles very rapidly he's overall played as a swingman in his career um mostly in the bullpen for 2018 that was probably his best season anyway it takes 2020 off but I mean we're talking about a guy who in, in his Tampa time, 487 ERA, 417 FIP over that stretch. So he certainly, I think, has more to give. He could make an interesting fit into that group. Yeah. And of course, the Astros just trade for Kendall Graveman yesterday. So uh, they're doing as much as they can to help bolster this, this bullpen. And in terms of their luxury tax situation right now, they sit about 1.9 million away from 
surpassing the luxury tax. By the way, the Yankees picking up Joey Gallo's arbitration, which is at $6.2 million. Uh, you prorate that and everything. The Yankees are about uh, $613,000 underneath the luxury tax line. So it's very, very, very close uh, for them. And yeah. Also, uh, Brandon, we're, um, we've omitted one of the most important parts here. Austin Pruitt. 285 ERA at Houston in 2013. Absolutely lighting the Conference USA on fire. <laughs> the Austin Pruitt college stats, man. Interesting. Very, very. Uh, all right. Uh, next up, more of an impactful trade, I would say, here. As the Milwaukee Brewers, we thought that they were going to acquire a third baseman. We thought it was going to be Chris Bryant. Instead, it is Eduardo Escobar. And look, uh, the Brewers, they traded for Willie Adamas earlier this year. They traded for Rowdy Tellez uh, earlier in the year. And now they trade for a third infielder in Eduardo Escobar. And... LJ, is it safe to say that he was one of the more obvious trade candidates for the last few months? I mean, yeah. I mean, honestly, anyone you can any quality any quality you can get out of that Arizona team needs to be off that team. Like things have gone so terribly wrong that not only are you running out of guys that you can get any return for because things have gone so bad, but the guys that you could have gotten returned for at some point are getting into such a slump of constantly losing that it affects their numbers. You can't tell me that being in a losing culture is not going to subconsciously affect your play. That easily could be what we're seeing with Eduardo Escobar. I mean, this is, this is a relatively down season for him. He's usually in the low 800s in terms of his OPS. So I would not be shocked at all to see him not necessarily achieve Willie Adamas status, but become a better player with the Brewers than he was the Diamondbacks. You know, and it's interesting because you say, you know, this is a relatively down season for him. Yet this is the first time he's made the all-star game in his career. Shows that he has been kind of an underappreciated player throughout his entire career. I mean, across 11 seasons, He's racked up 11.4 war. So it's like, okay, it's a one war player per year. But when you look more into it, that's 11 seasons, but it's only over just a little over a thousand games. You prorate those, those numbers over 162 games. He's averaging about two war per season, which is a quality starting player in the league. And look, he's been hitting well this year. This certainly fills a need for the Brewers and they didn't have to give up much. They uh, gave up catching prospect Cooper Hummel and Alberto Cyprian. The, the Brewers do not have a strong farm system whatsoever. And uh, to be able to not have to get rid of really anyone of note uh, is certainly big for them. And now he gets added to a lineup that is a lot a lot more improved than it was, uh, I'd say, at the end of April or even even on opening day. Okay. Are we ready to move on to our next story? 
we are. Um, I found this one rather interesting, a potential pairing that we could even see by the end of the week. And that is reports coming out of Chicago that Javier Baez would love to play with who I assume clearly is a friend of his, Francisco Lindor, citing even that he would be more than willing to play second base if it meant that he got to play alongside Lindor as a New York Met. What do you think of this? Is this something we're more likely to see in free agency or at the deadline? Can I take option C? Neither. Uh, The Mets are not going to pay Javi Baez or trade for him for that for that matter. Um, it, it just wouldn't make sense to have Javi Baez, who is sure he's a he's a oh okay. Well, I should be careful how I say this because I feel like Cubs fans will get mad. He's an okay defender. All right, people, you know they they go crazy over his um they go crazy over some of the plays that he makes but he is an average defender when when you look at him statistically he's had some monster years or i i'd say above average is fair but i just don't know how it would work to have two primary shortstops out there you know second base on the mets you're looking at a guy in jeff mcneil right now who is a pretty integral part of that team, LJ, once you say, I mean, especially of that Mets lineup, he's towards the top, pretty much every single lineup. He's playing second base right now. I don't really know where you would move him. feels like trading for a third baseman would be the more a likely situation here. I, you know, I, I don't really know what they would do. Well, again, I, I'm, I'm intrigued. Oh, and Lindor's the- out. I forgot about that. Yeah. But, like, it, it, he should be back. It's mid mid September. Okay, so no, I don't know. I don't know if trading for Javi Baez is the best trade the Mets could make here. I mean, no, it's not the best trade, but like if if talks get to a point where it's not realistic for Bryant, I could I I would get down with them bringing Baez in. I also find the decision for him to opt for second base to be a very interesting one because. We talk about him being a fine defender, even fine or not. I would have no problem with him at third. Would you? No, I mean, I guess I'd if, probably if, prefer him at third over second. I don't know. Yeah, Actually, again, uh, it's one know, of those I things really where, in, in, from my perspective, especially with how good guys' arms are, Javi's got a pretty good arm. As far as I'm concerned, if you can play a good short, you can play a fine enough third base most of the time. Most of the time, I should say. So I don't think it's that much of a jump for him to go over to third base instead of second base where he's played 104 career games. So that's more what I would like to see. Again, we got a little bit of flack for um, not giving respect to what's-his-face, the bum that just got back from injury that they've got at third base. Not even Jonathan VR. J.D. Davis. We got, we got quite a bit of flack for having Chris Bryant in there from a couple of fans on Twitter, or not Twitter, TikTok, over oh. choosing Chris Bryant over J.D. Davis. So I'm sure those t- that, that section of Mets fan 
probably doesn't want to see Javier Baez over J.D. Davis. But well, J.D. Davis has had 85 plate appearances this year, so maybe let's 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 get his sample over 100 plate appearances. Then maybe we can talk about about J.D. Davis. I just no, I no, Brandon. Under what circumstance could you justify going back to the Bryant thing? Under what circumstance, as a no, logical person, no. can you justify J.D. Davis instead of a former MVP? That's almost at that same MVP level at his best right now. Also, to back up my hobby bias take, he's 24th percentile on outs above average this year. Uh, he has been uh, uh, like 94th percentile, 100th percentile, 92nd percentile in years past. So don't know what's wrong with the defense this year. I, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't have said he's a bad defender. He's not bad at all. He's very, very good. It's just uh, I feel like I see him miss routine plays, but then he'll make a couple diving plays, a couple really rangy plays that make up for it, certainly. But, uh, yeah, it would be it, it would be cool to see Javi Baez and Lindor. It's probably a lot more likely that the, that the Mets would trade for Baez than sign him this offseason because uh, the Mets have already spent a lot of money. They're going to have to – Think about re-signing Marcus Stroman. Uh, you know, there's some other moves they're going to have to make. Uh, Michael Conforto's a free agent. Cindergaard's a free agent. They got a lot of moves here that they got to make this offseason. So. Yeah, wait. One last thing for tonight before we let you all go or today or whenever you are watching this. That is the growing rumors surrounding Colorado Rockies starter John Gray as he is getting interest from multiple teams including the Padres the Phillies and most shockingly the Giants I mean we've already talked in depth about what's going on with the Padres going after pitching certainly we talked a lot about the Phillies going after pitching but I find the Giants to be the most interesting here for background John Gray is having the best season of his career 3.67 ERA over 18 starts, 8.4 strikeouts per nine. I mean, this has just been, this has easily been his best year of his career so far. And doing those numbers at cores is also an excellent, excellent time. But I'm really scratching my head that the Giants would even call on him. What is their plan? Like, like where would they be planning to slot John Gray into this roster that it would help them. I mean, I guess he would, he's better. Technically he's better than Johnny Cueto, but what does that matter? You're only at, at, at maximum, you're going to carry four starters in the postseason. If you're trading for somebody who is a nominal improvement on Johnny Cueto for the regular season, and then doesn't really have a clear place for me on their postseason rotation. Is that even worth the prospects you have to give up? Probably not, but also, I mean, if, if he keeps pitching the way he does, you're certainly not gonna, you know, think that it was a bad trade for them to go and get him. The fact that he's been pitching this well while in Colorado this year, I mean, he's only allowed 12 home runs, which 
when you think about it, pitching in Coors, you know, you're prone to allowing a lot of home runs, and he has not uh, done that this year, which is exactly what you want. After a rough 2020, his 2019 was pretty solid, though. I mean, he has really been a solid pitcher across his career, and uh, I do get what you mean. I mean, LJ, I don't know how you would feel about him maybe replacing uh, Logan Webb, maybe putting him in the bullpen because he's only thrown a little over 60 innings this year. John Gray is, of course, thrown close to 100. So actually putting uh, a full-time starter there, especially because a Logan Webb is only 24. I don't know. Just I mean, it works. It just – like there's also been so much talk about them going after maybe Story or Shortstop. Like, or even Bryant, like Scherzer. Scherzer again. Scherzer, all right, Scherzer's the exception to the rule. Not only would he end up slotting in as the second best pitcher on this team right now, but he's Max Scherzer. Like he's going to be an improvement on any team. You go out and get him if you can. But uh, aside from him, I would just much rather see them upgrade in about forty to other places before I would see them grab a rotation arm. Yeah, and, you know, I think if you're the Giants right now, you're I would be a lot more focused on winning the NL West and not putting ourselves into a one-game playoff with the second best or with the third best NL West team and winning it so that way you can play uh, in the DS. I would say that that's – So you can play the best – team in the nl <laughs> yeah you know but it's it's really going to be a shame for uh, these three teams giants dodgers padres are going to be fighting absolutely tooth and nail to win this nl west because I, I can imagine they don't want to be in this wild card game whatsoever no you know it's like again i've struggled with it because this year's the exception to the rule that makes you want to change the rule in most situ- situations, this is a fair system. This is a just system. You know, you've played 160-some-odd games in order to get to the playoffs. These The teams that weren't good enough to separate themselves from the pack and be one of the best five teams in their league don't really deserve to be there. But at the same time, you you get issues like this every now and then that make you think, all right, maybe the fairest way isn't gonna always be the right way. Yeah. Uh, and that's just how uh, baseball is sometimes, you know, we've seen it. I mean, imagine back, you know, in the 1920s and thirties when it was just the, the best team in the American league versus the best team in the national league. Think about how good some of those teams were, and it was just because of a small stretch in the season that cost them the pennant or something like that. You know, it really makes you think what the MLB was like and how stressful it must have been when only four teams made the playoffs. I believe that was the first thing they did was they created this the CS, and that was when the only four teams made the playoffs. And then they expanded it to eight teams, and now we're at uh, 10. And... Honestly, unless the league expands, I think that this is the absolute perfect amount. Um, 
Yeah, I think it's the perfect amount. I think the ish, the conversation is whether the wild card should be one or three games. Because, I mean, three games isn't impossible. You're talking about maybe you could easily do that in three days and put it at the same spot. Well, that's how they did it in 2020. They made it, they made every single game back-to-back. It, again, so yeah, it, it's doable. However, and I, and I like it. I mean, it's more fair for the wildcard teams, but then all of a sudden it puts the best team in the league at a total disadvantage because you get this benefit of three days to or extra days to get your pitching in order with the current system. And then you take on a team that has had to already burn their best pitchers to just to get there. Whereas now all of a sudden you have a three game series. If this, that series goes three games, you could conceivably see their best guy game one or game two, which is a completely different ball game than having to see him in game three or four. So it, 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 puts, it puts the best team in the league at more of a disadvantage than they used to be, which they earned that advantage by being the best team overall in the league. Yeah, but that but the advantage that they gain is that they didn't have to play in the wild card. They're a step closer to the World Series. No, 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 no. That's that's a division winners game, as far as I'm concerned. If you're a division winner, you don't have to play in the wild card. But being the top team, getting to face the wild card, it, that's been one of the big advantages. That's that's part of the advantage is that you get to face the wild card team. You get to face the team that by law, in most logical scenarios, is the worst team in that playoff. And you get to see them in a situation where let's say you move to four days, four day rotation. You're you're gonna have you're gonna face two, three, four. And so yeah, so three games. So hypothetically you might not even see their best pitcher. Or if you do, it could very well be in an elimination situation for them on less rest. So that takes away such a huge advantage for the top seed. Yeah, that uh, if they were to switch to something like that, absolutely it would do that. And uh, it'll be with the CBA coming up this year, I don't think they're going to make any changes to the playoff, but I think that there's going to be some big changes made in that that can affect the entire landscape of the league in the next few years and certainly once we get past the trade deadline uh that is going to be a big talking point i think for the rest of the year uh it it just seems like that talks are going to shift towards that because it's going to be an issue still so uh, absolutely i think that's where uh we're going to start to see the media narrative go but uh, i believe that's it for today thank you for listening this episode of the MLB Daily Podcast. Check out our Twitter, Instagram, TikTok at MLB Daily Pod and play the trivia game on our Twitter. Win some merch. Uh, we still got about two months left in the season, a little over two months. So, uh, yeah, can't wait to uh, see what happens tomorrow. And uh, we will see you later. See you manana. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.